0: just three black kings, giving our thoughts to society, from politics, sports, music, and whatever subject fits the need, we ain't trying to make a grand, we ain't trying to make a band, we just want to know who's man's, I'm so happy to be here, Blessings,
1: on blessings. on bless. hey, made like, yeah, Elikon, Morocco Shock, welcome to the Who's Man's Podcast,
2: What up, though, everyone? Welcome to the Who's Man's Podcast. I'm your host, Rhonda The Don. In the building with me, I got my man's Conrad.
1: What's up, beautiful people? It's your boy, that fellow, Connie. Uh, I'm excited to uh, talk to y'all today. Um, hope y'all had a good weekend. Start off your Monday right, but of course, before we get going, you know who had, who's in the house. Gotta, we got to find out who's here.
3: I- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
0: I like it, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey,
0: I just always want to hit that note. All right, but uh, and, and maybe and maybe one, one day. day you
3: will.
0: <laughs> hey, but I get I get to introduce someone uh very special to me.
3: Who are you? Um, who are you? Blood. First? You didn't even say your name.
0: Oh, um, yeah. Who am I? <laughs> well, I just want it to be like that note. That's okay, a, that's me. This okay. Week, okay, all right. Okay. Hey, but I get to introduce somebody special. My cousin is joining us this week. I call him Meech. Um, he probably wants me to use his professional name, but I'm going to just say Meech, my cousin. <laughs> on. So welcome to the, the podcast, the Who's Man's Podcast,
3: cousin. Hi, How are you? audience. I'm good. Um, I'm Demetrius. You guys can call me Meech, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be on here and see what, foolishness we get into talking about the topics or whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> welcome,
1: welcome, Meach, cousin Meach. <laughs>
2: yeah, we're happy
3: to have Thanks you for having, having us. You guys.
1: Thanks,
2: man. Having- Alright, so let's go ahead and get into it. Let's you know, catch up with each other. How y'all been doing? What you been up to lately, Conrad? Uh
1: it was a great weekend for me. Uh family based. Uh went up to D C to my uncle and auntie's house and my grandma and my aunties from the uk and africa and my cousin flew in so i haven't seen them in about nine years since i moved to the states so it was a great reunion uh, my big cousin this was his first time in the states <clears throat> so it was a uh, pretty awesome for him to come here so we kind of gave him the whole Touristic scene of D.C. and uh, you know showed them around different parts and it was it was it was a good time. It was uh it's always fun when you're with family. Um and it sucked that the weekend was very short, but um I was thrilled to be with them. So other than that, that was my weekend. Um shout out to my other cousin. She just had her baby this morning. Her first child. Hey. Congratulations, cousin. Third. Congrats third great-grandkid in the family. Did she name him Brian? So, okay. So, anyways, <sighs> but it was... Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, it was a good weekend. Um, it was a good way to start my week off. What about you, B-Shot? Hey,
0: if you don't follow Conrad on Instagram, and he'll give you all that information later, you missing out on the most professional pictures. I don't even know how you do them. I'm about to follow him right now. Day, What's the Instagram? <laughs> I was thinking the other day, like... Uh, big C22. I be taking pictures all the time with my camera, and I don't even like looking at them. But... <laughs> <laughs> I take pictures, and I'm like, I've never seen that before. And I'd have been I'd have been through D.C., all around D.C., and I'm like, well, well that's an eye for you. Right there. <laughs> like, I... i wish i I could do that i appreciate that hey thank you thank you my weekend was way boring uh or way less exciting i should say um i moved into so i told you guys a few weeks ago i moved to dallas and then this weekend i moved into like my own apartment in dallas uh you know i'm (laughs) i'm looking at the apartment right now and It looked like somebody robbed me, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to pray on that. And we're going to work on it day by day. But it's been a challenging weekend. I'm just happy to be uh, on the podcast this week.
3: You should get Bay to decorate for you. That might help a little
0: No, we're going to pray on it. We're going to pray on it. (laughs) We're going to pray on it. What about you, Ron?
2: Oh Man, my weekend was like... Uh, introverts paradise like i came home from work well, for, Actually, i did not even have to leave work for friday i work from home and then after that i didn't leave the house again until sunday like, I <laughs> <out this> <laughs> if, for introvert like me that's like a, a recharge of my battery like i'm good to go now i'm ready for i'm ready to party and throw down this weekend now
3: okay what well,
2: well what I, did I didn't turn did up
3: with y'all so that's what how i say that again? with nothing <laughs> planned Right.
2: <laughs> no, but I say that on Tuesday and then watch when when Friday come around. I'm like, yeah, you know You're what? I'm gonna call on Thursday
0: <laughs> evening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call on Thursday. Like, Ron, where are we going? You'll be like, uh, ah, it's been a long week. Ew. It's been a long week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you don't know, think I'm gonna get a dog? My dog gonna be six. So I ain't gonna Damn. be able to it. <laughs> 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 <But> <laughs> <miss his> priorities. <laughs> No, man, but I enjoy weekends like that every once in a while. Like, I'd probably go crazy doing that all the time, but every once in a while, just not doing nothing is perfect. What about you, Miche? Um, this
3: weekend, I did some, like, really low-key, bougie shit, because I'm, like, bougetto. Um I, like, had oysters and, like, cocktails with one of my boys, and we caught up and shit. Um, and then we went to, like, three rooftop bars in New York. Had some overpriced-ass cocktails that were like $22 a piece <laughs> and sure. shit. And then... $42? No, 22 $22. It's just overpriced. Oh, that, That's okay. okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: Okay. <over laughs> I'm over here like that. Denzel me touching my chest. Yeah, we messed with school people and shit
3: while we were out at the bars chilling with the Caucasian people. And then, um, yeah, that was basically it. And then I celebrated one of my best friend's birthdays. Went to brunch, um, and then I ended up at this rooftop party that happens every Sunday in New York. It's like this come one come all type of thing. So it tends to mostly be gay people, but then it's like some straight people, some hippies, some cocaine users, some weed smokers. You get some of everybody in there. <laughs> you do. You totally get some everybody in there. Like it's winter. It's winter right now, but the club legitimately has a jacuzzi in the middle of it. So today, on Sunday, it was closed. But we showed up. Everybody was, like, lit. And then I ended up, like, partying with, like, some Spanish, like, socialites that I met at this party. And then I showed up to another club with the Spanish people that I met at the yeah, first yeah. place. All listen. Right. Listen. I showed, up to the, I showed up to another club with the Spanish people that I met at one place. And then I saw my roommate, who was with some models, some high-fashion models. There was, like, a line. And I get in line, and I see my old roommate from, like, four years ago in New York, and he's like, yo, what's good? He was like, you want to skip the line? Me and all my boys skipped the fucking line, went to the rooftop. I party till, like, 3 a.m. on a Sunday and then went home on the train. And I was in car service the entire weekend, and then I got on the train at the end of the weekend. I felt basic as fuck. But that was my weekend. <laughs> You know, See, I want to just stop the podcast know, right here. Like, you know, we I
0: want okay. you to stop the get update. I just <laughs> questioned like, my whole life right there. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs>
2: we could just stop and just talk about your weekend. That's the hey, you know, the best, the best whole, the best part about that
1: is just the little, little subtle things uh, Meech was throwing in there. If you weren't really paying attention, that you would miss. But like, you know. Party where you know a cocaine cocaine users just yeah. chilling. Uh, <laughs> I don't personally uh, do cocaine, but I, I can be around the show if it
3: means like a good turnout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, that sounds like a textbook New York yes, weekend. Textbook. That's
1: like movie. That's like movie style. I feel like. Like I at least feel like me, that weekend
0: never... would be like my year.
3: <laughs> no, you <laughs> like. I've turned up with y'all, y'all before. I've no. turned up yeah, with y'all before, and it's, it's has like, okay. <laughs> How many bottles of crowd wine you drinking this week? <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> Yo,
1: Mecha's weekend was my what I look forward to on New Year's Eve. That's,
3: that's <laughs> <Right>. Mecha's weekend, <laughs> Yo, and it was all unplanned, all unplanned,
1: <laughs> like just chilling. So what you saying is we need we need to make a Who's Man po- podcast appearance in New Do New York it, room. hey!
3: Right, I'm not gonna promise it as, event- long, as eventful hair. as this weekend was, but it might be something. <laughs> Shoot, if I can have one-third yeah, of that third. weekend, half, shoot, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> we good.
1: The real question, though, is me. Are you and your liver beating? No, up? so, like, live, you, I, I
3: tend to, like, do the to more than I drink because, like, I can control mm-hmm. myself more if I smoke or, like, vape versus, like, drinking. And then, like, mm-hmm. I knew I had to go to work at 10 a.m. the next day, so I wasn't, like, OD, you know? Um... And like the Spanish people the Spanish people I was with, they they were like legit trust fund kids. Like before we showed up to the club where my friend was at with the models, we went to my boy's house that I had just met and he lived like on the lower east side in a three three floor condo. I had just met this guy. Yes. And he's like, Oh, this is my dad's place. It's three fucking floors. He had a balcony on two levels. And he's like, What do you want? I have it. Drinks. And I'm like, No, nah, I'm just gonna smoke. Like, let me chill out. Y'all Y'all, clear, y'all <laughs> nah, clearly did. don't have I've jobs. I've seen. Like, y'all <laughs> getting, clearly don't have jobs tomorrow. Like, I got to work tomorrow. Y'all fucking drinking this shit. Like, I don't have time for this. Like, I yeah. Like, like do that, man. I can't be <laughs> hanging <handle laughs> with you <y'all>. Meanwhile, <laughs> I live.
2: I like, see.
1: <laughs> literally, meanwhile, I live
3: 25 minutes away in Brooklyn. So I'm like, yeah. You living in the heart of the city. I got to fucking take a voyage to get home. <laughs> yeah but it was cool
1: yeah, me, me she's like hey I've seen yeah, this before I be, not I'm not doing
3: watch. it bro. not setting <laughs> <Right>? myself up <laughs> yeah. that's
2: smart that's
1: but smart. yeah me
3: and my liver are cool I don't really prefer to drink if I'm a drink it's gonna be like New Year's or like a birthday party or some crazy shit which just mm. happens to be a lot but whatever <laughs> <laughs> every day yeah, is somebody's birthday
2: somebody. man Hey, so y- y'all know who else had a really great ass weekend. Cardi, Cardi. definitely hey, had a good ass Cardi man. B, Cardi B, hey
3: man, I just, the album
2: dropped. That shit was dope. Y'all hear it? Now? I heard
3: it. Yes. I also heard some of her interviews. I just I need think... sis to like get in some speech classes. Like, <laughs> dad, eyes. like you can't be in, like you, know what? you can't be in the public light not being able to like talk in full sentences or full thoughts. You know, like. I get, I mean, I get that she may be, like, bilingual, trilingual, however many fuck languages she speaks, but if you're going to get on, like, um, a social media platform or a platform like radio, like, you got to be able to, because, like, that's how people are understanding who you are. They don't get to see you. Like, she was on a breakfast club, and thankfully, the breakfast club has, like, a video feed. But say that video feed didn't exist. I wouldn't know what that bitch was saying.
2: (laughs) (laughs) UK, I you
3: came at No, no This is constructive criticism. It's constructive criticism.
1: But do you think the reason she's like, does it? Because I'm sure if you're thinking that, I'm sure someone on her team has thought of that. Well, I would hope. But do you think because she just wants to keep that authenticity as Cardi B, you know? Chick from New York and stripper life.
3: Well, I've heard that. uh, Like I've heard that even though like she has this like off the cuff raw thing that it's mostly planned. Like her team, I heard her team started her buying account and did all that like social media shit. Like that was like set up, you know. So like, I think there's. I think there's a method to the madness. And now that you have a larger platform you need to rise to that occasion and be able to speak in full sentences. That's that's just
0: Well she she also said something on the Breakfast Club this morning that I thought was really interesting. She was like I never wanna give up my accent. Uh that's always gonna be me. I don't care what people say. But then on the flip side she said, But when I record and when I when I was recording this album it took such a long time because I wanted it to be perfect. And when I heard perfect, I was like, Oh, you wanted the songs to be good, you wanted the best lyrics. Mm-hmm. No, she was she said no, I wanted I wanted people to understand what I was saying. I didn't want them to hear an accent. And I'm like, Why do you want one like in public?
3: It's the same fucking reason why when album? you call Verizon Wireless and you get on the fucking phone and you put in your white person voice. It's the same reason because people fucking <laughs> associate <laughs> with that shit point.
2: Very yeah, good because, point. I mean, point, like Be- she's, not on, she,
3: I she's that. not on the album like, hi, my name's Becky. She's not doing that, but like, she's, she's a little more calmed down accent wise, you know, except for like on, maybe I like it like that, where she's like, has a little bit more of her flavor or whatever. But, but for the most part, she sounds just like mm-hmm. standard American. I think like a hood, like hood American, <laughs> like pure blood black girl, you know, Without the Latina and most of the tracks, you know?
0: Hey, to be fair, though, she had an amazing, like, launch week. So she only announced the album, like, two weeks
3: ago. Yeah, it was amazing. It was wasn't it, team wasn't it, like, a, two singles? Great job. It was two singles in the album, right?
0: If, if you count Bodak Yellow, it would be three. No, I meant, but like, yeah, the, the week. The launch, I'm, talking,
3: I'm, talking, I'm talking about the launch week, where she came out with two singles. She came out yep. with, um, what joint? Um,
0: be careful. Be careful
3: and uh, Bick and Head. Uh, yeah.
0: When he goes,
3: uh, Drip. Oh, Drip. There we go. Drip, be careful drip. and Drip, and then she dropped the hour
0: And her the- team, whoever she got around her or at her record label Atlantic, they are uh, they did the right. Yeah, rest I don't know thing, who the A and R is. Pretty sure, she was everywhere.
3: Yeah, I don't yeah. know who the A and R is, but they're doing their shit. And I heard that she, well, on the interview, on The Breakfast Club, yeah, she right. said she had a lot of creative control, which I think is really important with women women in general, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times, you know, people yeah. want to manipulate you, you know, do whatever, they, you know. True. I guess coming from sex work, because stripping is sex work, I think you need to be control in control of who, what you're doing and who you're doing, rather.
0: Right. Well, she hit it off. What's some of you guys' favorite yeah. uh, tracks?
1: <clears throat> Definitely bickin head, Bacon head.
3: They can hear as my job. my. It's crazy because before we got on uh, started recording, I was um listening to the album, so it's up right now. I can't stop. I like every morning since <laughs> the album came out. I take my UE roll and I put that bitch in the middle of the shower and listen to Get Up Ten like five times.
1: Yeah, it it's definitely one. gonna be one of those. Uh, it's like, like this, I mean, and I don't
3: mean this to be sexist, but it's kind of like because women can have masculine qualities too. Women can do whatever they want, but. I just feel like it's like a do on get up ten. Like she like came on that shit hard. Like it was just like wow. I was astonished. That's yeah. The first first track, track. Right? <laughs> uh yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like I just Yeah. Like, I go ahead. I'm sorry. I feel like I appreciate the fact that this is a uh as close to a no skip album mm-hmm. that you can get.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I could just mm-hmm. put it on, let it play, and it's cool. And, and someone said this, and talking about sexism, because you know with, like, uh, women rappers, people feel the need to say, oh, only, well, I would say some dudes feel the need to say, oh, only women can listen to that. You can't do that. But I appreciate, like, a lot of the male rappers this past week have gotten on their social media and, like, hyped up Cardi, said to listen to it, mm-hmm. how good the album is, because it really is that good. And watch,
3: this coming this week, good album. and this coming week, Nicki will come out with some bullshit, watch. Already know. And she <laughs> kick, uh, the first thing, in the first two, three tracks, if she say, all these bitches are my sons, I'm turning that shit off. Or well,
2: you might Like,
3: damn. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna say a standard's low for Cardi. I'm just gonna say, like, we don't have a body of work to look at her at to judge it against. And for Nikki right. to have like um quote unquote claimed this throne or, you know, been called the best or whatever, she just like has a formula and she sticks to it. In the same token, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, if it's gonna make you money, don't yeah. fix it. But artistically, I just want to see her do something different. She's so talented. She's uh, she came up as an actor here in New York um, at a um, performing arts school, so that's how she was able to, you know, give you all these characters and shit with all her music. But I'm quite I'm quite bored of it personally, so I'm not really looking forward to what she got mm-hmm. to say.
0: Well, I think I feel like it's interesting you said that because. <laughs> like, With Cardi, something else she said during, like, that Breakfast Club interview was, like, she's not a rapper. She never sought out to be a rapper. It was just something that was presented to her, something she enjoyed, so something she did. Um, And she said, like, the thing that the, the only reason she might leave music is because she doesn't have that same type of fun. Yeah. She was, like, people keep asking me, like, oh... Or keep putting on me, like, I'm not a, I'm not good with lyrics, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. She's like, I never wanted to be. Th- I'm never going to be the best rapper. I'm never going to be the most lyrical rapper. That's not why I do it. And then I, I even like the fact she said, I do it because I make a lot of money off of it. Real like, shit.
3: <laughs> a bitch from the hood that's just like, what's making me money? In the interview, she was like, if it make me money, I'm going to do it. That's basically what she said. And I'm like, yeah. that's real. You know? I think that's in the Bible somewhere. Okay. The
1: The Who's Man Bible.
3: (laughs) I mean, but honestly, like I I, I see this as like a literal survival of the fittest moment. Like she's like, What do I gotta do to take care of my family? And if you look at her story or whatever, she grew up in a hood, she like in the GQ interview she was talking about she was affiliated with Bloods, like that doesn't sound pretty for anybody. So at this point, she's like, "How do I get the furthest away for, from that for me and my kid and my soon-to-be husband slash might not be my husband slash whatever?" <laughs> wow. So well, yeah,
2: that's, a, that's a good segue into the other part of her weekend. So uh, she officially confirmed the pregnancy on SNL during her performance. Did y'all get a chance to kind of
1: catch? I that? only
3: saw the last part.
2: I didn't.
1: <clears throat> I just... Yeah, I saw. I just saw whatever the shade woman put yeah. on, but. <laughs>
0: Look like. <laughs> i basically watch <laughs> snl through uh instagram now so yeah i saw the minute that they posted, <laughs> and i was like oh yeah we already knew it but cool like <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Pretty you much. know what hit me though like the fact that when a, when women are pregnant like so they have to face so many obstacles they have to face so many things judgment and i i really appreciate it over the weekend like so many women posting like I did this while having a baby. I recorded albums, toured, all this stuff. Like, it doesn't mean that everything is stopped. I mean, can we just look at the
3: prototype, please? Mm. Can everyone focus and look at the prototype? Beyonce, Giselle knows. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) And there are no limits. There are no limits. It should have never been a question in her head. I mean, at this point, you have the means to do whatever you want. If Beyonce can do it, so can you. And it shouldn't have been a it shouldn't have been a discussion. I think it showed a point of weakness. Like even on the um even on the Breakfast Club interview, she was like, you know, I thought uh, I, I kinda thought about aborting a baby and I'm like, if Beyonce can do it, you can do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just all I had to say about it. Mm. You know, and not to say that Beyonce yeah. not I to say that Beyonce I, is like the end all be all, but she's one of the hardest working women in entertainment. Not, to, not I mean, there are corporate women that do the same thing, you know, but women can do whatever they like it's it's possible. I just think that it's the Caucasian white men that put limits on women. Mm.
2: I I think that Cardi has a special pass here that she's technically like doesn't have a career title. Like she's not known as a rapper or as an actress or something that we expect. Like we don't, we're not expecting her to be in a movie yeah. next year. We're not expecting her to drop another album by the end of the year. Like she really just has time to
3: just chill she and do it what she can wants. Honestly, go back to the poll, and nobody would be surprised. Like. I got. This. <laughs> Whoa! What? what are you I'm... doing here? <laughs> like what? What, Curtis? <laughs> Yeah, but I get what you're saying. Like she really don't have, she really doesn't have like a like this is your lane. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. right? You know, which is why the baby, to the, to the, the baby she ain't gonna knock her down much. I don't think. You know, like she's not really one of those type of girls that's like dancing a bunch on stage or whatever. She's just standing there rapping. So. Like yeah. it's not gonna take much for her to go do this tour while she got a baby inside of her. They go dress her up in some nice high fashion shit and it's gonna look cool, good. Like like she looked on like Fallon. It is, so she's wearing <clears the> Chanel you <throat> feel like it is
0: It's it's important to like realize the fact that women face this and not men. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are like five male rappers out there who are currently um about to have some kids coming out. And they are everywhere. To, six, to six
3: different babies' mothers.
0: Hey, I wasn't going to say that, but hey. Uh, <laughs> then Cardi B comes out and does this, and she even said it. She was like, all weekend, people have been saying, like, oh, you just ruined your career. Or, oh, you just – everything's over now, and why would you do this to yourself? And it's like, how – that, that has to be awful to have to go through that.
2: That's why I think it was so fitting that she sampled Lauren. Yeah. Considering that she was in that
3: similar situation. Hey, my mm.
0: favorite song. You know it.
3: I mean, I mean. if we look at but, the parallels, they're current hey, parallels. Brandy's going through that right now. Brandy still hasn't announced that she's pregnant. <laughs> 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 why y'all laughing?
0: Well, is that a <laughs> Is that a Who's Man's exclusive? Like <laughs> <laughs> I, hasn't that been over for a, rumor, like, a know, year now? Right? Like, I mean <laughs> I do know someone
3: personally that sings back back up for Brandy. But um beyond that, the physical signs are clear. Like if y'all look at um Star, I don't watch that shit, but I watched that episode recently and she's obviously pregnant. Like <laughs> I mean, unless she, someone died and she's eating a lot or whatever, <laughs> or so whatever you go through when you're, like, depressed. But,
2: like, all of us say is until she confirms
3: it or a baby pops up. <laughs> I mean, I think she's having, like, a, a a flashback of when she first denied being pregnant with her firstborn, and then she, she only came out and said it when she had the little MTV special and shit. Um, and then a week later, she went back down <laughs> to her normal size. She was, like, twig thin in a week. She was nuts. Well, wow.
1: But, uh, so this whole Cardi B thing brings up another interesting topic that I happened to see on social media, haven't really dove into it, but the same chick, uh, that made that Bruno Mars culture appropriation, uh, video, um, apparently came back out with another one, but she was coming after Cardi, um. I think she called it fraudier, fraudier, fraud, uh, farty. I don't know if that even makes sense. she was trying. Uh, <laughs> she was really reaching with that. But uh so from what I've seen, I heard, and talk or I haven't actually seen the full video, but just from reading comments and trying to see, but she's basically doing the same thing and talking about how her as a, I guess she's Latino and black, so how she's she might possibly be doing the same thing as Bruno. What you all think about that? Do you think it's another reach from this girl, <laughs> which I don't understand how
2: it Cardi is culture appropriating. I guess my first question is who is this
3: woman? Like why do her video is who, keep yeah. game yeah. <laughs> Like how? I don't know. Cuz people nosy. <laughs> like why are we uh, I mean I don't think I don't think it's cultural appropriation. I mean, uh, I just think that like the circumstances under which Cardi grew up are black as fuck, regardless of her ethnicity. You know, like, the circumstances tend to be those of people, of people of color. And I think that if you have those struggles ingrained into your DNA and you just so happen to be able to rap about them and uh, it be able to come off in a certain way, then that's your testimony. I mean, I feel like everybody gave... Eminem a black card, and he went through the same shit as most black people. You know, baby mm-hmm. mama drama, drugs, games, all of that shit. P.S. I haven't seen 8 Mile. Fuck y'all. Fuck okay. um hey. <laughs> Don't talk off about that. it. <laughs> wow. cool. But, That's part of but I'm just saying, like, I just feel like, I mean, I don't know if y'all have, but I've even met white people that, not I empathize with, but I'm like, you could get a black card kind of thing, you know? And Cardi's not white, but I feel like regardless of whatever her ethnicity is, that's how I'm feeling about her. Like, she's been through some real shit.
1: This is, It goes back to Brian's question that we always have on this podcast is why, in our, like, why do we get to determine someone's blackness? Or, mm. well, like, why is it that it's something that we always I mean, have when it comes to, like, especially when it comes to entertainment and representation when it comes. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, she is a mixed race of Dominican Republic and Trinidad.
3: And it's I think people have something to say about it is because oftentimes our people are not a lot of, th- a lot of equal opportunities um, outside of entertainment. So when you see somebody that's coming up off of the black brand, quote unquote, people might want to be like, well, wait, is that bitch black? You know, or how black, how black is she? Because that could be my check kind of thing. You know, people are like hungry to get a piece of the pie. You know, so there are gonna be a lot of naysayers that are like, you know, well how black is that bitch? Mm. Or her or her baby daddy her ba, her baby daddy black and she ain't black or she's appropriate or whatever excuses people have to say because right. oftentimes people are only coming up via the poll, via reality T V, via sucking a dick, via I mean it's I mean, we don't really see the there are instances in which people are coming up legitimately in the black community but we don't see that that's not like really publicized mm-hmm. you know people aren't really you know becoming billionaires besides Oprah um, without shaking their ass or calling somebody a bitch on TV you know what I'm saying so when you do see somebody where it's questionable I guess people are feeling like they can be like you know well who is this are they really a part of us yeah that's an entire <laughs> conversation true
1: but I just wanted to see what y'all thought about that because it's interesting. Because, of course, like like they say, uh, social media is good and bad. And sometimes it fuels the ignorance and other times it speaks the truth. But at the end of the day, shout out to Cardi, man. Keep doing
0: your thing. Sure. prepping. Yeah. I'll just so. say one, one more thing about Cardi. I wish people would... Well, I feel like if I say this about her, I'm saying it about a lot of people. But I just wish people would let the girl live a little bit. Like, she's very young. She's 25. Uh, she has never experienced any of, this, any of this before. shes I would say she's not been... Uh, how do you say that? Because I'm sure she has been coached. But she doesn't have the same coaching as maybe other entertainment artists. And there's going to be a lot of stuff that she says and a lot of things that she does... That are wrong. But I just feel like people are trying to put her. Or trying to measure her against like such great people. That you're already setting her up for failure.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like yeah. hey. The girl put out a good album. I don't care who wrote it. I don't care who produced it. I, I'm going to enjoy it. The girl is funny. But do you think those
3: are black traits? Well I'm not like, even. I... people love to be like. Love to nitpick at it. Like. Well, who wrote it? Yeah. And she I, ain't writing it. And
0: I'm, like, not even talking about the whole cultural appropri- appropri- appropriation thing. But I'm more so just saying, like, people in general. Like, the girl is here. She's made money off of it. She's going to be here for a while. I don't know how long. But she's going to be here for a while. Like, either enjoy it or just ignore it. Like, that would be my favorite thing. Like, if you don't like it, just don't listen to it. It's so easy uh, to do that, just push, you know, stop on your local device that you use.
3: Have you guys seen her Spotify commercial? That was so lit to
2: me. I haven't. Oh, yes. I only saw it once. I was sleepy, too. I barely remember. but I do remember uh, getting enjoying it.
3: I think that it just speaks sleepy. to her, like, <laughs> likability. <laughs>
2: no, because it was during the Saturday Night Live. We was watching it live. Oh, okay. Oh, dude. <laughs> all right, all right, all
0: right.
3: <laughs> all right so yeah
2: we're gonna go ahead and pivot the conversation and, and to the reason why we're here tonight so we didn't just bring on mech on and shoot the shit we wanted to actually you know talk to you learn a little bit about you as well so let's go ahead and start talking about that why don't you want to tell us a little about yourself you know what you, your career what your interests are you know
0: so just give us a little bit of your background information where you're from and all that type of stuff hey okay, just before so, we do uh, that hold on me uh, i'm gonna cut you off a little okay. bit but i want you guys to know like hey you know, greatness runs in the family, obviously. No, <laughs> no but for real, Meach has, uh, I've known him, I'm older than him, so I've known him since, you know, he was a little kid. I've known, I've seen how hard he's worked. I've seen his dedication to his craft. And it is so dope to have someone that you can call a family who is doing really big things in the industry, like the industry and doing big things, uh, for other kids and things of that sort. Um, so I really appreciate you for being on the episode this week, but tell us who you Thanks, are.
3: Thanks, cuz. Oh Okay, so, I'm Demetrius. <laughs> I'm Demetrius. Um, I'm from Detroit. Black Detroit? Man. What? Um. I grew up on Seven Mile in the literal hood. Um, But um, I have like four brothers and sisters. Um, I'm adopted. Um, Most recently I found out that like my birth mother was like a drug addict. Um, So I could have been like a a statistic and whatnot. Um, And present day I'm a professional dancer here in New York. Um, I've been all over the world dancing, like forty five different countries. Um, most recently I've toured and performed in New York with the Radio City Rockettes for four seasons. Um, I currently write for a dance magazine and this week I was brought in as a contributor for the international online magazine, Dance Informa magazine. hey. Um, In addition, I work for a nonprofit, two nonprofit organizations in New York, one being Elisa Monte Dance and the second being Culture for One. They both provide arts experiences to different demographics in New York. So I not only perform, but I do some administrative work. I have a master's degree in arts administration and a bachelor's degree in dance education. But yeah, that's basically me. Um. What else do you guys want to know? Um, (laughs) So
2: long story short, you're kind of like a big deal. Yeah.
3: I mean, no, no, I I actually try to like, I try to like humble myself so much each day because I'm just like, you know, you haven't arrived. Even though I've done so much, I have to be like, you know, there's more work to be done. You know, I look at people's stories like um, Angela Bassett or like uh, this woman named Hope Boykin who's in the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater who auditioned eight times and got told no. And then on the ninth time was told yes. You know what I'm saying? So um, I just look at very, um, I look at a lot of the people's struggles and different um, stories and say, you know, you can't compare, you know, you have to like focus on yourself and you know, keep your head down and keep going, you know, Um, and just do the work. That's really mm-hmm. important. I think it. I think that in this social media age, and I was having a conversation with a good friend before we start recording today, that like it's so easy to get distracted by how everything looks, especially in New York or LA. And I have a lot of friends that live in either New York or LA, and via social media, you could just be looking at things like, "Wow, why did I do that? You know, why am I not in that show? You know, why didn't I post that half-naked picture that got him a thousand likes?" Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, whatever um, human beings do to compare one another, one another to each other. I just think that uh, you have to keep your head down and focus on you and, you know, pray that the hard work pays off. That's, that's a good
0: point. hey yeah, we were, uh, I mean, you're in the entertainment industry and you've already kind of given us uh, <laughs> some insight into what goes on and what may be happening even though we don't know yeah. yet. Um, but we want to know. like How is it being like a black man. In the entertainment industry. Like, What obstacles do you face. Are there any benefits. That you have. What's that like.
3: Okay I'm going to start with the benefits. Because I just had this conversation earlier today. It's going to be quite uh, shrewd. But people want to have sex with you. And that is. Can be it's it's called the casting couch. Y'all oh. heard, you guys have heard of it, and I it may doesn't have. only have. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't really only occur with women. You know, I mean, I got, I mean, I'm not going to get too graphic, but you guys know no, the association that most white people have with black men. You know, they think that you know we're well endowed and care so on or whatever, so that fascination can get exacerbated into whatever kind of personal fantasy anybody has, you know what I'm saying, and um, I think that, especially in my field, that can afford you a certain amount, a certain amount of opportunities or your talent could and um, I think that's a hurdle across for myself personally because I've been propositioned, but I don't want my success to be um, I don't want my success to be a uh, you know, balanced off of whether I had some had sex with someone or not. Um, so some other hurdles that I um run into is just being black, you know, the same things that you run you come into when you go and have an interview at a Fortune five hundred company. You know, um you know, like if you go see a show on Broadway, there are only certain so many black people in the show. We call it I'm trying to get to Broadway, so we call it a black track. Mm-hmm. If you go in and see a show with like 20 people in it, it's going to be two black tracks. Two people in the show that are black. And basically, when you audition for that show, you wait on the person that's in the show to either die or switch jobs. Wow. Because there, are, there aren't there are really going to be any other black tracks in the show unless the casting team or the creative team changes their mind. And that's basically how it goes. Um, mind you, this is all make-believe. So we, we in the black community don't really understand you know, why Cinderella can't be black, or, you know, why Alphabet can't be black, or, you know, all these constructs that haven't been broken down in entertainment, when it's all just make-believe, you know? We're just, just trying to, you know, bring people into ma- the, the world of make-believe and the wonders of Broadway, like everyone else is, but we we aren't afforded the same amount of opportunity. So that's what it's like being black. I mean, I've been, um, being black in entertainment, rather, um, I've been to auditions like three this year. We call them cookout calls where it's just nothing but black people. Wow. And you walk in you walk in, and you go, oh, so y'all looking for a black person, right? Whereas you can go to an audition that's a regular audition and it's like, you know, maybe 30 people, 40 people there, sometimes 100. And in that, um, you might see sprinkles of color, you know. And then the the black people who are often the most talented aren't really looked at unless they fit like a certain height demographic or bodybuild. It's not really about talent. Um, it's a bunch of shady things that go on, especially involving people of color. Uh, and there are not that many shows that cater to people of color unless you go to see like the color purple or, you know, something like that. Gotcha.
2: You know, for, for these cookout calls that you mentioned, what type of things are they for? Like, what are they trying to get people to be, be in?
3: Okay, so, most recently, um, Cookout Call was for, um, Jesus Christ Superstar, um, live on television, choreographed by Camille A. Brown, and that, I'm naming it, the audition, like, who the choreographer was, because I honestly think it was the best audition I've ever been to here in New York, there was so much, uh, reciprocity, and, like, uh, sportsmanship in the room it was just like maybe 50 black guys most of whom I I've known at one point in time in my career or met at an audition or something like that but like we all knew going into it that everybody wasn't going to get a job but beyond that we were all supportive of one another and I think that speaks to you know the energy in the black community um and it was just so much fun like We all were so talented. I mean, like, if I had to, like, sit on the other side of the table and look at who I was to pick, it would be difficult because everybody was so talented. And I felt honored to be in that space, you know. I felt humbled to be like, you know, I made it all the way from Detroit to New York in this room with these people, you know. And this was an invited call. So it was your agent had to send you to this space. It wasn't like anybody could come. So these people have been, you know, picked, picked. Picked, handpicked, you know, by the powers that be to be here in the room. So, it was great. Um, and, you know, whoever got the job got the job. That that happened. I did not get the job. I was not on live television with John Legend. But it was a great experience, nonetheless. So, yeah. I hope they answered your question.
0: Hey, so, Meech. So, you are a black gay man living in Trump's America.
3: Who told you I was gay?
0: Well... I was gonna say you did. No, Skirt skr so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh, that was
0: good. Cool. Well played.
1: <laughs> no, but like in a world okay.
0: where it's bad enough to be like uh black in this America, but then you have to add on like I am a gay American as well. How is that? Like what do you what what, what could you tell us about that experience, if you will?
3: I mean, firstly, I think, uh, I mean, yes, I'm gay, but I think I associate more with being black. Mm-hmm. Um, a black male. Because I think that we live in, we're living in a time where, you know, every two, three weeks, you can literally look online and see someone that looks like you or someone you know get shot. You know what I'm saying? And that alone is very scary and it's traumatic. And I struggle with trying to process it. Like maybe four days ago, I feel, in New York, someone was shot maybe 10 minutes away from my house um, in Brooklyn. And it was just like, well, damn, you know, this can happen to me. And I just feel like, I feel like it's like, you know, I've gone to school twice, you know, I've had an okay career. I've traveled the world and none of that sets me apart from anybody else. That's walking the street. Mm -hmm. Nobody that looks like me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not afforded the same privilege as someone of a different race. You know, that same benefit of the doubt. And that really, like, gets to me. But, like, as far as being gay, I just feel like, especially in Trump's America, it's just like, I mean, where do we even begin? (laughs) Where do you? I mean, he just has no, he really doesn't have any reverence for anyone that isn't a straight white male. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the gay community is so, um, I mean, because you can be straight and white and he still going to fuck about you, but I think that the gay community is so nuanced. I mean, you have transgender women, you have transgender men, you have gay men, you have lesbian women, you have I mean, there's so many variations, you know, of people that aren't even being looked at or a segments of people that aren't being looked at. So, I mean, I feel like in the LGBTQ space, I feel like I might be, like, one of the less important people in the space. I feel like, you know, transgender issues are, like, there's trans people killed all the time by straight men and never get, never get solved. The pro, the cases never get solved. You, know, you got document, documentaries and things. I mean, surprisingly, I've never been, like, gay bashed or, like, called a faggot or anything like that in New York, I think I'm lucky because it's just like, we, New York is so diverse. Like, I mean, mm. you can see anything here, you know? Um,
0: well, you told us earlier it, about but, your weekend, so yeah. Yeah, like. <laughs> you know,
3: <but laughs> You can see anything here, but I, I mean, I can walk on the train tonight after I get off this, call, off this uh, recording with you and that could change, you know? So it just sure. depends on chance and where you're at that moment because this New York is crazy. Um, but I really don't know. I mean, for black people, for gay people, for any minority in this country right now under Trump, I don't know. What do What do we do? Like, what do we do? Because it just seems like if you're not white and male, like nobody's really looking out for your best interest at all right now. What do we do?
1: Hey, Meech. Quick question.
3: So, mm-hmm.
1: like, it reminds me. Like in 2015, they came out. There was like this article posted or. Yeah, article in a uh, HuffPost, and it was talking about like unmasking black gay privilege. And the whole article talks about how um, <clears throat> we all know the stereotype of white male privilege, but there is like a offsetting of stereotype if you're black and gay. And uh, when it comes with applying for jobs or whatever you're trying to do in, in, uh, on a professional setting, um, because the article continued talking about like if a company is trying to hire uh, a black male and live alone, that's just a black male and their stereotype of it mm-hmm. all. And then they have a black male that's gay. They're like, well, we can work with a black gay male. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder, do you, do you, before we go on, to like, do you think, do you believe that there is a black gay privilege when it comes to like corporate America or even in your, I guess let's stick to your uh, profession, just in like entertainment and dance and art. Um, do you
3: see that on a daily basis, or can you say you haven't seen that at all? The um, so only specific case that I have seen that work for me personally is with the cops. Mm. And Brian knows this. Like, I wouldn't call myself overtly feminine or masculine. I think that I'm a, I'm a mix of both. Um, but When the cops pull me over, I fag out. And I don't like that word, but I fag out so hard. I'm like, oh my God, officer, what's the problem? I'm like so gay when a cop pulls me over just to disarm him from my blackness. And I'm Mm. guilty. And Mm. I'm just like, you know, what tools do I have right now to make sure I don't get shot? Or that I don't come off as a threat. And I automatically go gay. And I'm not going to say that's come, that has happened to me professionally, because it hasn't, but I can understand, I'm not going to say I can understand, I can see how gayness can be disarming for certain sets of of other people, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just like, oh, he's gay, so, I mean, I've had people in conversation just assume they can say certain certain shit to me because they assumed I was gay. And I'm just like, no, you can't, wait a minute. Who told you I was gay? (laughs) This is the line I like to pull out, you know, jokingly. But it's just like, you know, like, I feel like we can't, I mean, real quick anecdote. I have a friend, um, a black girl, who got on a train maybe two weeks ago. And she had a Louis bag sitting in the chair next to her. And um, a girl sat next to the purse. So it was the, the white girl, the purse, and my friend. And once the white girl sat down, my friend Picked up her purse and put it on her lap, and the the white girl looked at my black friend and like, with like, uh, why did you move your purse? Did you think I was gonna steal it? And my friend said out loud to her, "Y'all steal too, sis." <laughs>
0: wow. True. True.
3: And, I True. Say, and I say, and I say that all to say is just like they're gay felons. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like it's fucked up for people to, you know. Go with, oh, he's gay, he's fine, type of thing. Even though, in certain instances, I appreciate the sentiment, but it's just like we can't just put people all into one pile. And I think that the Trump presidency is definitely doing that. It's yeah. showing the privilege of white men and the shit they've been able to get away with for so long. Like, just because you're right doesn't mean you're Jesus. Or just because mm-hmm. you're gay doesn't mean you won't steal or you aren't a fraud or whatever. You know, people are people. You know what I'm saying? I think that we've gone too long. You know, affording people different privileges and opportunities based off of a segment of or a, a subset of people that they might identify with—it's like fucked up all the way around. Uh,
1: have you have you ever have you ever felt within um, like dance, like if you go for a tryout or sorry an audition and uh, mm-hmm. and you get there and they find out you're gay, they treat you differently?
3: Well, there's a there's a, a automatic assumption. Well, i want to say 85 to 90 percent assumption that if you're a male dancer, you're gay. I mean, mm-hmm. you can ask any of my cousins. Um, when I was coming up before I even knew I was gay, um, my cousins were calling me gay just based off of that alone, especially in the black community. Um, so um, I feel like I mean like when I was maybe like 16, like dance is sexual. So like when I was 16, like I got told to like dance for my dick or like use more of your use more of your sexuality. And I'm like, I don't even know what I am sexually. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that can become like touchy because it's just like automatically like directors and choreographers want men to be masculine in relation to women. But when you look at the the relationships that um men have on stage with women they're usually heterosexual there're not many times that there are two guys partnering or anything like that on stage but most times mm-hmm. the guys are gay and that makes the women more comfortable to you know put their leg up near their face with their vaginas exposed damn near and then you know have all these sensual moments and then be able to go home to their boyfriend and be like oh, well he's gay you know what I'm saying so I don't really think that goes into like, that goes into consideration when people are picking you for a role. As long as you can like come off as a certain thing. It's all acting in the end of the day. I don't think there's been any like drastic like um, discrimination against gay people in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Right. Not for real for real, I don't think. You kinda hit up you kinda
1: hit on something in, especially since we as far as black community and supporting of lgbt um do you think there is going to be a brighter future within that in black communities and because we see it in everyday life it's like a a hush hush thing or like it's we don't talk about that stuff or you know is there is there a light in the black community that where it's going to be something that we do talk about in a healthy discussion um and if so, like what do you think those what do you think is gonna look like or what do you what would you like to see?
3: I think that um I think that there will be tons of okay, let me stop. I think that this is all dependent on popularity and nuance. I mean, um, to use stripping as an example. Black and black girls and people of color have been stripping for years. But now that people have gone from the pole to celebrities, everybody's like, "Oh, it's okay to strip. It's not the end all be all type of thing." Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So until w- when that NBA player comes out as gay, or he's pushed out of the closet as gay, or when somebody um, become a-, a gay black man ends up on the cover of Vogue, or you know, and I think little little microaggressions, little micro acceptance moments have happened, but. For black people, I think it's all about on-trend. Being gay is not new. It's, I mean, kings and queens used to do that shit. It's people in their chambers. You know what I'm saying? I feel like um, we have to just, it's all like palatable. It's, It's all about what can people accept at this moment? You know what I'm saying? Because it's been around in the churches and all different types of spaces. For so long. So I just feel like it's whatever literally is popping at that moment. I
1: but isn't that an issue for it to wait till something's popping? Because what if something's, what if you're in a community, I'm just going to pick like the countryside of Mississippi where you don't, we're not going to see all this stuff, but you are, you know, you're scared to come out because in Mississippi, maybe they don't accept this in the family. You I know? mean, so...
3: I mean
1: you know I, I guess i'm just thinking about like all the people who decide not to come out or hold out and then it's like kids going to you know this mental breakdown and think about suicide and all because they didn't know really. how to handle it or didn't know how didn't know where to go and now it's too late because we're waiting for a nuance in black culture to or gain i mean to be accepted, i don't think
3: it's black you know? culture specifically it's the church specifically and so much crazy stuff happens there we're not going to go into it but um i think that i mean if i look at my own personal situation with my family i feel like i was so scared to like i really didn't know who i was sexually or by my sexuality until maybe i was like 13 14 but before that like my family had already like prescribed me as gay because i was dancing or whatever and um, I'm not gonna say that like made me gay, but it definitely sparked curiosity. So fast forwarding to like my adult life and like having a closer relationship with Brian, I feel like it takes maturity, it takes conversation, it takes, you know, leaving your neighborhood, you know, it takes a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Education takes a bunch of different things to Broadening your horizons, like some this conversation that I'm having with you right with you guys right now, I would not be able to have with some of my cousins because they have such narrow minds. You know what I'm saying? Or without sure. without um some of my cousins knocking something that I said. You know what I'm saying? And in developing a right. stronger relationship with Brian, he's learning things about me, and I'm learning things about him. But the Willingness to learn is there, and I think that when you come up around such—I'm um, not going to say narrow-minded, but such uh, confined and strict spaces. Like, look at our parents' parents, and you know, rules like be in the house before the streetlights come on, or shit that your your grand your grandma your mom's mom used to just say um to help them come up in the right way. I think it's all it all came out of love, but. There's things that were, like, detrimental or didn't really help, you know, um, people create a space to be able to learn or be open to new things. So I just think that uh, people just have to be open to trying new things, hearing new points of view. Um, And this comes, like, not only in the back community, but, like, just across cultures. Like, we can't purport to know everything about everybody. So you have to be able to, like, hear people and see people and meet them where they are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: that's what it's all about. It's real. I think that's dope. That's really dope. Something that we talk about um, a lot on this podcast is: Hey, we're three black dudes recording. Hope, hopefully, there's somebody listening. <laughs> we think <laughs> they better be. We think uh, there are. Uh, <laughs> we have data that says there are people listening, but is. Hey, we're three black dudes recording a podcast. What can we do better? And I want to offer you that same question: Like, what can three—or not even three—but what can what can black men do to better support? Or support. Whoa, that's a new word, <laughs> y'all. That's my name next week. Actually, that's my name. Um, what can three black. What can black dudes do better next week or tomorrow or whatever? to support the LGBTQ community. I mean, I think
3: this is a great start. Like, even having me on here, um, I think it just introduces your the people, your listeners, to a different type of people. I'm not trying to say that all of your listeners have never met a gay person, but it affords people the opportunity to meet people that may not um, subscribe to the generic or binary... Um, view of gay people I mean I know in the black community it's often talked about that like, gay people are sissies or um you know gay people are feminine and like I said earlier I don't really think I'm feminine or masculine I think I have a little mix of both but I can let you know that I slept with football players and basketball players and people that you would never think that were gay you know what I'm saying and I think that this opportunity to bring someone that is not cis hetero or like presenting as like a straight man gives people an opportunity to look at something different or hear something different um i think that your listeners could just be more open to meeting people and exposing themselves to opportunities that aren't of things that you would do always because everybody's not going to be the same you know every gay person doesn't want to sleep I've never even hit on any of Brian's friends, you know, um, not to say that I wouldn't, but, um, <laughs> but I think that, I think commonly a lot of, um, black gay men would be like, don't bring that gay shit around, man, cause I don't want, like, no, man, like, nobody's even trying to get on you like that, you know, I mean, these are stereotypical responses, but like, I think that's a lot of a lot of the times what goes on in straight guys' heads, and it's just like most guys don't realize that most of the bitches that they're looking after got ten black men behind behind the woman cultivating the image, you know? Like, look at this Cardi B album. That's a gay man through and through. Every single piece of it, the wig, the makeup, the the outfit. You know what I'm saying? And like, people just need to realize that we're creative, we're nice. Um, We probably get better blowjobs than your girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: didn't know you were
2: going from that
0: to that. I'm sitting here looking at Cardi B's (laughs) album cover, like, oh, okay. But
3: yeah, like, I feel like we're cool people. Like, we're cool people. I know some really amazing, creative, smart, gay people, and it's not just, like, the shit that's projected, the negative things um, that are projected in front of you, you know? Man, you guys, you, this is a great start. You've had me on here. And, like, even in meeting you guys, like, in person, um, the one person I've met on here, um, like, you, got, you guys, like, you guys don't have, like, uh, walls up, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like, yo, know, who's this gay name coming around? Me? It wasn't like that type of thing, you know what I'm saying? But you guys have had, you guys aren't like most people, like most black people, or the majority of black people. You've exposed yourself to different opportunities. Maybe you're educated. And you know, like I said, all those things afford you opportunity to bump into different types of people along the way. And if you never get off your block, or if you never leave your hood, you're not. And and that's not and mm. that's not your fault, because there are systems in place to keep you there. Which keeps this shit going, you know. If you if you never really, you know, leave your zip code, how are you going to run into people that don't look like you? And that goes that goes uh, for like sexism, racism, and all and all things alike. Um, yeah.
1: That's so. It's it's very true what you're saying there, Meech. Especially, I can personally uh, say that I went through that. I mean, coming from Africa, where it is not even whispered. To say someone's gay or you're gay, because
2: that's mm-hmm. life or
1: death situation for you. And moving to the United States, where I've never been, well, moving from Africa where I've never been exposed to um, or been in interactions with someone. Don't say like that, because there could have been gay people um, around you, you
3: just didn't know it. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, what I'm just saying. what I'm just saying, like in that case where I I didn't know, and also like it's not something okay. that's talked about. And then moving to a country where it's exposed and talked about good or bad but it's like coming from here and then once i moved when you're saying like leaving your niche or leaving your block once i moved to college and got exposed and met with people who were gay because before i would i could guarantee you say i was probably the biggest home when i moved to the u.s because i had those stereotypes in my head like every gay guy is going to be hitting on me or touching me or doing this and the irony in that as I grew up and matured was it's funny how straight men are so quick to be like, Oh, I don't want to feel like I'm being hit on But you're not even that cute though, so shut up. But then (laughs) but but then we're the same people, same you know, men that are trying to hit on these girls and don't want to talk to you. And so that was just for me personally, once I left uh, my hometown of Niles and got got a culture shock I would say and uh, going to college and meeting people and just being like, they're yeah. human beings. <laughs> they're regular people trying to get the same thing that you're doing. And you know what really, really kills me it, you know,
3: is any black person who has the the um, agency over their body to get on a computer and look up the transgressions that our people have been through in Africa and in America and put their lips together to talk about any other group of people it's just hurtful for, for me because mm. we I mean we just now able to shake our ass without people looking at us the wrong way or take a piss without people looking at us the wrong way and we're quick to put down any other group of people and I think that we have we genuinely have love in our hearts and I think that we need to find that again black people because whether you're handicapped um, gay um, any kind of minority, I think that, um, you've been disenfranchised in this country. So for a black person, um, who has been majorly disenfranchised to, you know, put someone else down, it's kind of fucked up to me because it's just like, you know, you should look in the mirror because, you know, people aren't rooting for you either, you know, so we all need to come together and, um, you know, create equality for everybody, right? I mean, now, I'm not saying you have to, like, hang around these people, but be more be more accepting. You can hang around whoever you want to hang around and, you know, create the environment that you want to create for yourself. But um, belittling and, you know, making fun of people, and it's just unproductive, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, if you're trying to, you know, seek a cause for, for a certain group of people and then you're talking about, you know, a gay person who you thought was trying to hit on you. And it's just like, man... We're all on the same team at the end of the day. Nice. Wise words,
1: listeners, 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 <laughs> listeners. This where we, this this way, we put our little promo <laughs> in. Look, y'all, y'all heard Meech, cousin Meech, speaking. Now, be careful what you say if you're gonna come to our DMs and all. But if you agree with us in our topic, if you like, you know what, Meech, you hitting all the notes tonight. I'm trying to come to a rooftop party in New York. Show you all <laughs> all the all the life. You know, hit us up now if you're on the other side and you're like, this motherfucker ain't talking right, ain't saying something right. Now come correct because I don't know cousin me's like that, but he'll let you know. He'll I'm sure he's gonna let you know. And have it, but we will also appreciate you. All thoughts, all opinions are welcome, and let us know, and we can discuss this, but. I think it's very awesome that Meach came on and gave a perspective that a lot of people have to Yeah, more love, year, more love, more love, more love. That's they, all I got to say. And, uh, and I think it's really awesome for that, um, to have someone um, this special and doing big things in New York and um, making their dreams come true one step at a time and living their life, because it just comes to say that we're all trying to obtain something in, in life. But hey, hit us up on Who's Man's Podcast at gmail.com, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, we're really trying to get people engaged with us, uh, and it starts here. Uh, so hey, we appreciate you. So Ron, what else we got, man?
2: All right, man. So you yeah, guys we go ahead and get up out of here, and meet you got some links you wanna drop, you wanna add names you wanna throw out there for people um, get out to get at you and stuff like that?
3: You can follow me on Twitter at What's my Twitter name? Demi Shields, D-E-M-I-S-H-I-E-L-D-S. And my Instagram is much the same, D-E-M-I-I-S-H-I-E-L-D-S. So, yeah, I hope to see you guys on Twitter world. if y'all aren't following anybody on Black Gay Twitter, you should, because it's the Black Oasis of Twitter. It's, like, the best Twitter ever. Y'all should, like, follow some people I follow, because they have the best commentary. Honestly, um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and it right now. I'm like, yeah.
0: hey, I'm over here searching. Like, wait, I don't follow you on Twitter.
3: <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, I hope to see you guys on the Twitterverse, on the internet, and all of that shit.
2: All right, well, thanks again for coming and joining us. It's definitely a great conversation. You've been a great guest, so feel free to come join us again if you're ever feeling the mood to come all right. hang out again. Peace, guys. So, all right, so if anyone who wants to get at me, you can catch me on Twitter at TaylorMayLife. And make sure, as y'all checking us out, that y'all like, like, subscribe, leave reviews, and all that good stuff. Be sure I want to get you.
0: Hey, don't at me at God. But what I want to say is uh, I am so incredibly proud to call Meet my cousin. I love you so much. I thank you for coming on. I know you got people pulling you left and right to get on a podcast. But you recognize that we called you <laughs> first. So, uh,
3: <laughs>
0: man, you inspire me every day. So I really I love, love you. you.
3: too. Uh, and thank you for loving me. Because and, that's what mm-hmm. we want.
0: That's right. Spread love.
3: Hey. This is the right way.
0: And there, everybody else, go listen to some channel chat. <laughs> all right? It makes you better. <laughs> all right, Conrad. Um,
1: hey, once again, thank you, Meech. Much love, appreciate you coming on the show. Um, of course, you guys can find me at Big C Twenty Two on Instagram, uh, as well as Twitter, fellow underscore Connie. So uh, I don't know about you guys, but for me, this past couple weeks before seeing my family, obviously, has been a little like just one of those like. Uh, you ever guys have those weeks where like. I even texted b and Ron. I was just like, I'm at work right now. And I just feel like I want to slap everyone. Man. It's just people saying, people just saying dumb shit and not doing shit. And things were just, you know, right now I'm going through the process of grad school. And I'm like getting nervous and trying to hear back from schools, yes or no. And so a lot has been going on. And, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels that sometimes in life and or throughout the week or day. But I found this quote, and I think it settles with me pretty well because, at least for me, I'm always, and I think even Meech touched upon it on how we as humans are always trying to compare each other. Um, how it's just it's almost like a like a natural instinct that we always have to compare each other. Sometimes we don't try to. Sometimes we I don't know what it is, but it's just a magnetic field that we just have to always compare each other. So always looking to see what's better, why we're not doing this, or why? How can we're not you know the biggest podcast right now? if you're gonna be there, so I, I don't sleep on us. But um, this quote said that remember the worries that you're thinking about at this moment, they won't matter a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. All that matters is the fact that you understand this moment in time mm. is temporary. So one year from now, your life will be just how you imagined. So. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, in two months, in two years, however long it is, whatever you're going for, you're going to go through those rejections. I've had two years of rejections from graduate school, but I'm still going because I know know something's going to open up for me. It only takes one yes. It'll take a hell of a lot of rejection. There's always one yes. So many no's.
3: So many no's. One yes can change it
1: so yeah so just keep working keep grinding try to go through those tough hours those tough days those tough weeks where you're just like man f this i really just you know i'm not where i want to be but you don't know that yeah because every day i always say this is a new day and you got to start fresh you never forget your past but learn from it you know you just you gotta learn from it, and in order for you to learn from it, it's gonna open up something in the future and the present. So, with that being said, I hope y'all have a good week. This is Tuesday. It's the hundredth day mm. of the year, and it's a milestone for you for tomorrow. So make that happen. Have a good weekend. I hope the weather. I don't know where the fuck spring is at, but whenever it decides <laughs> to come out,
0: hey, who? All whenever over? it decides uh, to come. Before we go, uh, all right I Challenge y'all to
3: 100 yeah, push-ups yeah. a day. I just started today.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Come yeah, through. Yeah, Come through, meach. <laughs> Let him know. Let him know.
3: I mean, Let him know, meach. I'm already doing it. I'm already doing a challenge with a group of I friends. I say we I say challenge you. Challenge them. May 10th. I'm May 10th. I'm gonna be checking hey. in with y'all. All right. Okay. It's only, okay. And you don't have to. <laughs> you don't. You don't have to do em hey. 100 all the way through. You can do 10. You know, you could t- force sets 25 as oh. long as you get through 100. You know? You mean 100, you know, 100 between an
2: hour
1: and a day? And nigga. Okay. Wrong. Wrong. Well, like, <laughs> run, hey, run run like. Right. Okay, I can do one for one. I, can do one
0: I was going to say, like, I uh, do that. Two months later. <laughs> <laughs> <You two guys. laughs> Ron, right, edit that part out. All right? I'm just <laughs> <laughs> <joking. I'm> <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: oh yeah, we gotta get up out of here. I really gotta bounce. Right,
1: hey, Darnold. Get your ass and get these push-ups, son. You weak son. You added to the challenge too, bruh. <laughs>